and expensively embroidered in gold thread. It was a poor fit. If you are looking for the players, then I'm afraid they're not here, she said. Although her glare was still cool, her mouth curved into an intriguing smile. You are all alone here, my lady. He could have bitten off his tongue after the words tumbled out. He sounded like a villain, assessing the likelihood of having his wicked way with a defenceless woman. Lady! She blinked at him, then looked down at her sleeves, the crimson velvet slashed to reveal the gold of the lining beneath. Oh, he frowned. She had not seemed to grasp the crude yet unintentional meaning of his question, thankfully. But why was such a woman alone in the tiring house? What gentleman would allow his wife, sister, or daughter to fend for herself at, of all places, an inn, and a theatre at that? Guilt twisted his stomach at the similarity to his own situation, but he cast it off. It was too late for guilt. Besides, his sister's pregnancy was not his fault, although it was a weight that had landed on Leo's shoulders like a canker. He needed to remove it before any chance of restoring the honour of the Warhurst title was lost forever. Since the perpetrator of the problem had not been at home that morning, or last night, or the day before, Leo had come here on his brother's suggestion. Madam, I am... Mistaken! Her laughter seemed to rise up from deep within her and burst forth like a sudden gust of air. He tried not to notice how the laugh made the flesh above her bodice jiggle. Mistaken. Quite, quite mistaken. I am not a gentlewoman. It must be this dress. She caressed the velvet of her gown as if it were her lover's skin. It used to belong to Lady Dolrymple. She and I are of a height, which will also suit Freddy, but the similarity does not extend to the chest area. She smiled that smile again, the one that wasn't quite a smile. This time it was accompanied by a wicked gleam in those clear eyes. As you noticed. Whatever was she talking about? Freddy. Freddy Putney, the company's boy actor. He plays the lead female roles. And that gown once belonged to Lady Dolrymple. As I said... She looked at him as if he were a half-wit. His limbs tensed. He had a bad feeling about this. And you are wearing the gown because... Because I'm adjusting it, of course. She shrugged, and the gown slipped off one shoulder. He stared at the smooth white skin and wondered if it felt like silk, because it certainly looked silken. She fixed the gown, and he tried to focus on the conversation again. What had she been saying? Adjusting it. Adjusting. The gown. The bad feeling slammed into his gut with the force of a hammer blow. You are Alice Croft, he said heavily. The seamstress for Lord Hawkesbury's players. She nodded. And you are Lord Warhurst, brother to Robert Blakewell. Half-brother, he said without thinking. What can I do for you, Lord Warhurst? I assume you're looking for me, since you know my name. Did Blake send you? She didn't seem in the least surprised or in any way alarmed by his presence or by the prospect of being sought. 
Women of her station usually lowered their eyes and spoke only when he asked a direct question of them, unless they were whores or drunk. This woman certainly wasn't a whore. Readjusting the gown to cover her bare shoulder was proof of that, and she didn't seem drunk. Most unlike another seamstress he'd had the misfortune to meet, the slack-faced woman reeking of cheap wine had accosted him in the street years ago, demanding Leo pay for the gown his late father had commissioned her to make for his mistress. The seamstress had threatened to tell Lady Warhurst about the other woman if Leo didn't pay the debt. He'd told her she was welcome to speak to his mother, since she already knew, as did the better half of London. The seamstress had scampered like a rat back to the gutter, out of which she'd crawled. At least Alice Croft had all her teeth, and other assets besides. Blake did send me, he said, in an attempt.